we have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today. This podcast is sponsored by My Bump to Baby Family Protection and Legal Directory. To find your nearest advisor or family law solicitor, head over to www.mybumptobaby.com forward slash family protection legal. Do you love the idea of being your own boss? What about saving money on childcare because you can actually work flexibly around your family? My Bump to Baby is rapidly expanding and we are looking for people to run their own pregnancy to preschool hubs in their local area. Full training is provided, ongoing mentor support, fantastic regular team incentives, a bonus scheme, uncapped commission, review products for free and review days out too. If you are interested in being the My Bump to Baby Manager for your local area, email us business at mybumptobaby.com. Limited space available. Hello and welcome to 50 Shades of Motherhood, uncensored, unhinged and unapologetic, guilt-free, real, raw mum chats with me, your host, Carla Lett, oversharer and founder of My Bump to Baby, the UK's leading pregnancy to preschool directory. Today, we are speaking to the lovely Kate Ball, the founder of Mini First Aid, and we are talking to her all about what it's like being a mum of six children, two sets of multiples, and running a massive business. So I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you guys, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. Today I am joined by the lovely Kate Ball, the founder of Mini First Aid, and we are talking about pregnancy, well, pregnancy, multiples, having a large family, and we're just covering everything. So hi Kate, how are you? I'm fine. It is so nice to be sitting down. I've got a hot cup of coffee, and which is a luxury in itself. And I'm sitting down minus any of my children. So, oh. Carla, you've got me for as long as you want me today. That sounds <laughs> great. That's a high five right there, isn't it? Just a bit of alone time with a hot brew. I yeah. love it. I love it. So, Kate, tell us a little bit about you then. 
So I'm 41 and a half. <laughs> um, and so I've got, I run a business called Mini First Aid, which uh, I guess is my, my main, my, my baby, my first baby. Um, and it's a business where we teach first aid classes. And I know we've been featured through yourselves, etc. cetera. Um, but we run uh, life-saving first aid classes for parents who've just had a baby. Um, but sort of going on behind the scenes, and I can't even say it's behind the scenes really, because the reality is, is that it takes over the scenes, is that I've got six children, including two sets of twins. And probably for our sins, Matt and I, my husband Matt and I, run the business together as well. So we're very much family, marriage, business is all muddled in together. Um, and it's just, it's, life is pretty mental. We make people feel tired when they see us. <laughs> I'm um, tired already, Kate. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it's quite nice to be able to chat about it because I think sometimes people would look at me and go, she must be invincible, that woman. And I'm not. Um, and also, just how do we do it? So, yeah, so I'm, I'm well up for a natter about it. Oh, so, uh... yeah. Honestly, I have George, don't I? Just the one. And I struggle. You know, I have... I can't believe it because you're you're very similar to me in the sense of um, your business. You run that with your husband as well. My husband helps me a lot with mine too. Um, but it's um, it's... Like, just, I don't know how you actually manage everything. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this anyway. So should we go back and, and you know, obviously you and your husband um, are together. Did you plan for a big family, Kate? No, so I always wanted three children. That was the magic number for me. Um, I was one of two. My husband, Matt, was one of three. So he was fairly indifferent to number. We just knew we wanted to have kids. Um, and we had our first two children, Alfie and Grace, boy and a girl. So a lot of people said to us, oh, you've got one of each. Stop. That's oh. just, you know, that's cool. Um, and But there was always like an itch that I needed to scratch, really, that was this, like, I just need that third, the extra seat in the back of the car. Um, not that you can ever get a car seat to fit in a middle seat, but yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just, that was always our plan. We certainly never set out to have six children um and i think to be honest if we watch documentaries on large families i think there's one on channel four at the moment and there's obviously the very famous families where they've got sort of 20 odd kids is that i've always looked at them and thought crikey absolutely no way couldn't think of anything worse and it's only six but you know it's it, it was no it was never a plan for us to to have six we wanted three that was our number Wow, that's quite a jump. So you've almost doubled what you've actually yeah. wanted, which is fantastic. I love a big family. Um, so with with your third pregnancy then, so that was obviously pr- planned, I'm guessing, because you yes. wanted your third so baby. We bought, we, bought a, we bought a house. We bought a doer-upper because we, there was a particular road that we wanted to live on, loved it, thought it would be great. The only property that we could get or afford really on this road was a doer upper. So we moved in and lived in it literally like a bomb site and lived in one room. I look back and think, I don't know how we did it. We had an outside tap and we had to go to the gym if we wanted a shower and, oh. uh, and taking the two little ones. And at the same time, because we are, lots of people say we're crazy, we thought we'd, we'd try for a third baby and actually got pregnant it was quite straightforward you know I was I was in sort of keeping an eye on my ovulation um and I had an ovulation calendar running on my phone and I think you know when you've got a few kids you sort of start to go actually making a baby becomes a bit of a a job to do yes (laughs) yeah right so it's this time now um so we got pregnant with our third baby like just as planned really so we were like oh gosh you know aren't we lucky this is great um and then when we went for a scan for our third baby at the scan the sonographer said to me can you just confirm how many weeks pregnant you are and I was like okay why and she just was very quiet Mm -hmm. and having had two babies before there was just something that said there's something not right here because they're very they very quickly turn the screen around and they show you your little tiny embryo and that wasn't happening and what she said I'm going to need to do um an examination with a better a different scanner um which was an internal examination and I was just my mind was racing and and I didn't have Matt in with me in the room because he was in the waiting room because the kids were with him so 
Um, so we, and I'm glad actually, because some people do take their kids and it depends on the hospital, but we didn't. And I'm glad because then um, I had time to sort of just sit there in this moment of, oh my goodness, what's going on? And what they discovered was that I had a what's called a fetal sac and they could see the embryo in the sac, but there was no heart rate, no, um, there was no heartbeat. And they said, so at some point in the early stages of your pregnancy, this baby has passed away and I'm, we're very sorry. And I was like, well, what happens now? And they said, oh, we now refer you to the um, early pregnancy unit where they will need to scan you again, just in case. Uh, it's just that we're missing the heartbeat today. Um, and then they'll talk to you about what happened. So I, ha- I got sent home. We were supposed to be going out for lunch. I got sent home and I said to Matt, we, I got back in the car and I said to Matt, I don't, I, I don't want to go out for lunch. And he was like, why? And I was like, it's not right. Things aren't right. Mm-hmm. Um, and wouldn't say anything in front of the children. And, and the other thing that made it just even more sort of emotional for us was in the waiting room were our neighbours who were also <gasps> having a scan. Oh, no. And they came out at a similar time to me, with photographs, here's our due date. And I was just thinking, oh my goodness, I'm walking out with absolutely nothing. Well, I am, I'm walking out with a scan photo, but it's to show that I've got an embryo that isn't viable. So I, I, it's awful. And I went to the, um, I had to go in the next day. So there was a little bit overnight where I thought, please, you know, maybe you've just, maybe you were being lazy, get your heartbeat, whatever. And you sort of that wishful thinking. Mm. And they scanned me the next day and said, uh, no, unfortunately, there is no heartbeat. But my baby, for whatever reason, I hadn't naturally miscarried. So my body was holding on to this pregnancy. So they think the baby died at about nine weeks. But it was 13 weeks before I was, I had some surgery and that was the surgery basically to um, remove the embryo. And it just, um, it was just really sad. It was yeah. just horrible, horrible just moment. And the, the doctors were, were lovely because it's a pretty grim job, you know, in the sense that the, it's just so much sadness and there's so much hope around a pregnancy. And I... So I had I had an operation and I'd chosen to have an operation rather than to take medication because I, to be frank, I was petrified of miscarrying at home because I didn't want it to be so painful and drastic in front of the other children. And everybody, every woman chooses different ways to miscarry, but that I chose to have the, have the surgery. Um, and I had a cuddle with the midwife afterwards because she... I'm so sorry for your loss and she said you know and she wasn't saying oh just you'll get pregnant again there was nothing of that because obviously they don't know that do they but she did what they did say was this happens um and I said oh what's the stats because you don't check really do you and it's one in three and some of those miscarriages are you you miscarry maybe very early and you don't even realize and then there's some that are missed miscarriages where something happens and the body retains I had a bump because it was my third pregnancy and I had all the pregnancy hormones I was eating like a machine you know all those things had all started to kick in because all the pregnancy hormones were still there Mm. so um yeah so that was the sort of uh, that just was grim and we decided to just take a break because I couldn't decide whether I wanted to go through it again whether I wanted to be pregnant again so we decided just to take a break and just go, do you know what? We'll see what happens. Uh, a few people knew that we'd had this miscarriage, not many, but a few people, closest friends and family and things knew um, because some of them had already known I was pregnant because I looked pregnant. So it was quite obvious. Yeah. Um, and then we fell pregnant about four months later. Oh, which was- that's lovely. Lovely. Yeah. I mean, no one it's so difficult because that scan going back to your scan when you're there it's like it's just that silence isn't it and it's like it seems I mean I don't know about you but it stays with you that moment it feels like it lasts a lifetime it probably was only 30 seconds but it feels a long time doesn't it and I think working in as a sonographer when you think about the stats one in three that must mean that they do a lot of scans where the, where they have to tell the mum that this isn't going to go ahead and it's just tragic and just and i think the other thing is is that because in your first trimester generally women don't announce it 
No. People don't make a big announcement. Hey, I'm having a baby. Everybody waits for their magic first scan before they put the scan picture on social media and tell people. Mm. But because you're waiting in that time, there's been so many women that must miscarry, perhaps have hospital treatment or be in and out of their GP or with a midwife, miscarrying at home, dealing with all that, and people never know. And, you know, uh, and then they're on the school run and somebody goes, oh, how are you? And you go, oh, fine, but actually. And what was surprising for me is the number of friends that I know really well that came up to me and went, what happened to me, Kate? And I was like, what? When? I had no idea. Because, you know, if they've not gone public with an announcement, then they've gone through that. So many women trawl through it on their own. Oh, it's so sad. I know. And you know what? It's it's true that, like, even that that 12-week, that 13-week scan, although people do that mark that as that's, you know, it's safe, it's not. Because obviously what happened to me as well, you know, like, so for me, I think um, telling people sometimes is, is a good thing because then you've got people you can lean on afterwards. Yeah. But then also it's... If everyone does know, then it's like, you know, you can't really get away from it either. So it's a fine line, isn't it? But I think what, like you said, with just a few people knowing, you've got those people there that are your support network, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And, um, and I, I, to be honest as well, I think the other, the other thing that happened with us is because we had the two children and we also had a house that was like a bombsite, there was a little bit for us and everybody's experience is different, but we also just have to get on with it. Mm. So my sort of mental health recovery was actually initially very quick. So I actually felt better quite quickly. Good. When it played out for me was actually when I was pregnant the next time. Mm. And it was when I fell pregnant with my first, the first twin pregnancy, that that's when all the anxiety of, oh my goodness, this isn't going to go ahead, I'm going to lose the babies, that, that's when it started to play out. And I can say, as sad as it sounds, I've not enjoyed going for a scan since then because every scan had always got, has always got this anticipation of what are they going to tell me, what are they going to tell me, and the negative rather than the positive. Um, so, yeah, I, that's where it's played out for me in, in sort of how I view, just in, th just in general as well, just in life, that things can be going really well. You can be sailing really well along and then you can have tragedy when you least expect it. I know, and it's sad because it should be a time that people are excited, but I would be exactly the same. I'd be scared to go for a way, you know, like I just yeah. anything. I think um, I just would not want to kind of move out the house at all. I'd be terrified. So I think, um, you know, pregnancy after miscarriage is, you know, something that a lot of people, unless you've been through it, you don't realise how scary that time can be. Um, yeah, so... Sorry, yeah, and every, I was just going to say, and everybody's experience is very different. So some mm. people are so buoyed up by it. Oh, some yeah. people are very, very nervous. In fact, the midwives, in my experience, were very, very good that I'd had a miscarriage before, that they were, you know, and obviously I, I appreciate also that I only had one miscarriage and there are many women that have countless miscarriages and mm. that deal with huge anxiety. But my midwives were brilliant. Yeah, really, really good. Looked after me, looked after my anxiety of, of this pregnancy. Yeah, it's scary because it's just something that you can't, you've got no control over whatsoever. Mm. And, you know, mm. it's, it is frightening. So, so on to the good news now, the, mm. the twins. So yeah. when did you find out that you were having twins then? So week seven of pregnancy. Did you go for an early scan? I did go for an early scan. And that partly was because of this anxiety of, mm. oh, my gosh, the things are going to go wrong again. Um, and so we went for a scan. And in fact, we, we got the same sonographer. We got saw the same lady. Um, and I don't know whether she remembered me because I'm sure that they see countless people. But I reminded her that we knew her. Um, and then she's she started um she started doing the scan and there was no pause this time she went look at this look at oh. this and like, i've got two heartbeats oh and my god there they amazing. were oh. so my my two the two they were in they were non-identical so in two separate sacks um and we th there was a little bit for us where we just thought right this is our new pregnancy but this is also like a gift from the last one that's yes. how we felt like um that, oh so, beautiful yeah Oh so, my um, goodness. Do, do you yeah. have twins in your family, either you or your husband? 
Well, no. So my so the uh, if you have identical twins, let me get this right because twin mums will be all shaking their heads out there about how the genetics. So twins don't run in my family. Apart from my auntie has identical twins. Yeah. But identicals don't run in the families. I don't think. Don't run in the family. So yes, there are twins in my family, and there's also some IVF twins in my family as well. But they, um, so, so there's no genetic link for me to have twins. In fact, my auntie, who had identical twins, found out that she was having a second twin during childbirth. So, yeah, like, can you imagine? It was quite a long time, a long time ago, but you just imagine that. Uh-huh. And uh, my lovely cousins, yeah, my aunties were going, what, have you got two of them? Oh, my, my, my goodness. So, um so uh but so no there's not and actually what they said to me or what i've read more now is that as you get older so you're plowing your way towards that magic 40 mm. is that you get called i think from 36 or 37 i think you get called an, an old mum or a, it's not called an old mum is it but it's called a geriatric is there's something there's, yeah, a, there's, there's a, a word for older mums and one of the things that can happen is is that as you become perimenopausal is that your body is almost like going right I've got these ovaries full of eggs here and we're not going to need them soon let's just chuck them out and so um that's that my my body just went into overdrive chucking out eggs and so when I was ovulating unbeknown to me I was ovulating with two eggs at a time um and so yes and because we've the actual pregnancy side of stuff has always has always worked we've been very blessed that that bit's always worked yeah um so Matt goes around with people patting him on the back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> strong swimmers, swimmers strong swimmers. Strong swimmers, what a guy. Um, <laughs> that we, yeah, that, so these eggs are just there for the picking, really. So, um, so yes, yeah, so twin pregnancy, non-identical twins in their own sack. So, actually, from um, a risk factor, we were told there is still a high risk with having twins, but we were... We were told that we had lowest risk, if that made sense, because they weren't sharing any. They weren't sharing a placenta. They weren't sharing a sack, etc. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. So, so were you anxious the whole way through this pregnancy, or did you start to relax? At the beginning, I was. I think certainly until you get movement, you don't. You you're not really sure what's going on. And then when you do start to get movement, you have this added challenge, which is that you're supposed to identify which one is which. Which in the early stages is really hard. As they get bigger, you can sort of go, right, I'm being kicked down in my groin and I'm also being kicked under my armpit. So let's assume that there's two different. Um, but even then, I would say to a midwife before a scan, oh, I think there's one here and there's one here. I'm moving my hands around, you can't see me. But there's one here and there's one here. And then they'd scan and go, no, no that's just hands and feet of one. So um, it is, it's nerve wracking. And also you get, so you get more midwifery care. Mm. and the care pathway they are different depending on the hospital county that you're in but in Leeds um you see a specialist twin midwife and you see them at home right from the beginning which is lovely so they come and you don't even have to go to the doctor's surgery they do everything at home and the only time you have to go in is for a scan but unlike a single pregnancy where you would have a scan at the beginning I think it's 12 and 24 weeks and what have you at, at, or 20 weeks sorry at a twin pregnancy you have a, a scan every four weeks so I've got reams of photographs of them, but actually because I had these regular scans, it was also quite nerve wracking because that meant the night before each of those scans, I was really like, please. And then I was thinking, well, what, what happens if there's something something not quite right with one? What happens to the other one? And, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So it wasn't, I can't say it was a relaxed pregnancy, but actually the excitement of getting two of them oh. helped. So Did you find out fun. what you were having? Yeah, we did. So we found out we were having two girls and broke the news to Alfie, who would then be the only boy and he'd have three sisters. Oh my goodness. Get one of each. So bless him. And uh, yeah, so we, uh, we, we told him and I think, did we use, I'm trying to think what we used. I want to say that we use little macaron biscuits, like pink and blue ones. I'd have to check back on my Instagram, what we did to say that, uh, yeah, that it was, that Alfie was going to be the blue and then we'd have three pinks. I think it was something like that. Oh, I love um, that. So we were getting the, yeah, so we were getting these girls and uh, yeah, and it was, and the plan was, was that they wanted me to get to 37 weeks. That was the, that's the, the, the the gold dust is to get to 37. And did you? I did. (gasps) Today. 
Oh, wow, that's amazing. Gosh, you must have been, were you quite big then? Enormous. Oh, so yeah. I, I had a condition with my pelvis where my pelvis pushed out and was painful. Oh. So I could only go up the stairs. Women get it in singleton pregnancy as well, but I could only go up the stairs sideways. Um, and I ended up towards the end of the pregnancy on crutches, having had physio. Oh, because my I goodness. Couldn't, because I had the other two kids, couldn't just go right okay that's me I'm gonna put my feet up now um because I had the others to look after one was at school one was at preschool and uh, wow and yeah. were you running your business at the same time as this yeah. Kate yeah when yeah. you first aid yeah oh yeah. my so, goodness so at this point the business had really taken off because originally I'd started running the classes in Leeds mm. and by this point now we started to franchise the business and we had about 15 franchises when I found out I was pregnant with the twinnies. We've now got 70. So it's, oh it's my like God. Wow. I don't um, even know how you find time for it all. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so, so obviously the girls arrived safely yeah. and that's yeah. exciting. And then how did you, I mean, God, we're going to go on to another one in a minute, but how, yeah. how did you cope with just <laughs> twins even? um just so the one thing was is that there there is in Leeds a very good IVF unit uh, a very successful IVF unit and as a result there's quite a large number of multiple pregnancies in Leeds so therefore there's a lot of twin mums about Mm. so it meant that there was this huge network so there was a Facebook group which was just like my bible for the Leeds twins and multiples page but also that just locally I knew four or five mums of twins whose twins were all older. So it meant that they'd been there, done it, got the T-shirt and could say from what they could remember, this is what you want to do. So I had everything from one friend saying, you literally need a jar full of dummies because you're (laughs) going to need that many. And then I had some people saying, buy this, don't buy that, that's rubbish. And so it was really, really helpful um, just to like work out what I was doing. But it was, I was breastfeeding and... Um, that in itself was quite a, a challenge. Oh my goodness. Um, I bet managed... your boobs were huge. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. Because normally, my chest is normally like an ironing board. So her boobs were like, yes, look at these. <laughs> and, um, and feeding twins is quite an act when you're out in public because... You, you know, you can't just discreetly lift one edge of your top up and get a boob out. You've got to literally flash your top up and then get them both on. Yeah. And newborn babies, when they're going all over the place trying to latch on, it, yeah. I look back and I think, oh, God, the number of people that must have walked past going, wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> two babies feeding there. That's um, amazing. I, I managed, I think, I'm just trying to think now, I think we got to about six weeks where there was the odd top up because they're so tight on weight of, I mean, they are for all babies now when you have the three and the five day checks about how much weight they've gained, but they were really specific with the twinnies because they were obviously low, lower birth weight babies. So they were small babies. So we ended up having to do some formula, which uh, I struggled with as in a sense of, Oh, I can't do it. I should be able to do this myself. My body should provide, um, but actually, it was the best thing because it meant that any any friend could come and help me and sit and feed a baby for me. Yeah. And it meant that Matt and I could take it in turn. So it meant that I could get a gap between feeds because the nights are just this horrendous oh. because you get, you know, the, that whole thing of three hourly feeds is pretty grim. But if your babies are not in sync, which most twins aren't born in sync, you might have to get them in sync, but they're certainly not born in sync, that you end up with this every hour and a half oh my goodness oh then you feed for an hour and then you go and you just shut your eyes and the next one starts crying (laughs) (laughs) so there was a lot of sobbing and a lot of me curled up in a ball saying to Matt I just can't do this oh my goodness yeah Yeah, I don't blame you and with all the business as well like (laughs) you know it's all oh my goodness yeah that's amazing though so so obviously you well did you want another one because you ended up pregnant again (laughs) so so no is the answer and it's funny actually I think in years to come my girlies are going to play these back and go mum you said you didn't want us and it's like no it's just that they weren't planned I didn't know you then they didn't you didn't know them did you so no that's it (laughs) I just had these that's a good that's a good thing to say actually didn't know them that's a good thing to say yeah and 
So would I have the world now without my six kids? Absolutely not. Did I plan them? No. Um, (laughs) And and I sort of, so we we had a whoopsie, a few too many gin and tonics, (laughs) a bit of a whoopsie. And uh, and I, um, I actually went initially, I panicked and we went to get the morning after pill Mm. because I was like, we've got four kids. This is this is crazy, and we've got some fairly little-ish twins. Um, we just, I think, had a first few nights off, sort of thing. Few whatever we were in, a year in. Whatever. Um, oh, was you only um, a year in as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, wow. Yeah, I think so. I'm quite, I'd have to remember all the dates, but I've. Uh, so I went, and when I went to see the pharmacist, the pharmacist said to me. Um, I'm afraid I can't give this to you because when I gave her my date, she said, there's a chance that you could be pregnant and therefore I'm not allowed to get, and I said, well, isn't that the point of yeah. the morning? <laughs> and, um, and she said, yes, but with your date, you could already be pregnant. I said, I can't be. It was midnight last night. There's no oh way. There's no way to be pregnant. Yeah. So they basically said, to, she said to me, I can't as a pharmacist give you this. So you do. I, I know that's what it how it works i mean it's plumbing well, it, expensive yeah. you know i've had to own an art and think oh, i don't know but yeah. goodness me i thought i mean how soon could you go so well this is this is i think it was because my dates of my cycle meant that i could have been pregnant uh, before then. but i right. haven't had any, any it was all a bit complicated and i came out the pharmacist and matt's like did you get it did you get it and i was like no she said no um and what she'd said to me was is i needed to go to a and e and um, then I could have the morning after pill through A&E and I'd, because they would do, do some other checks on my dates and my cycle and what have you. Um, it's all a bit wavy in my memory because it was a while back, but we sat in the car and I just said, to, we were on the way to a birthday party and I was like, we haven't got time to go on A&E and I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. So I'm going to get to A&E and know my first aid background. I was thinking, I will literally on a Saturday sit there all day because everybody with a sprained ankle from football is going to get in in front of me. And um, so we said, oh, do you know what? Let's just leave it. We'll see what happens. I'm sure. <laughs> Famous last words. And then I missed a period. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. So were you, how did you yeah. feel when that happened? Just a bit like, part of me, I'm a broody girl. I still get broody now. So actually, yeah. there was part of me, even though I was like, oh, my goodness, I've got four kids. Part of me was still like, yay, I'm having another baby. Yeah. I love babies. I love the idea of newborns. I think when you're in it, you hate it, but actually you love the idea of it and the smell of them. And so I, um, well, I was just, so I sort of had this visual in my head of me with a sling with a tiny baby and then holding twins, one in each hand. I thought, oh, yeah. And also I bet your husband was like, see, it works, you know, again. Yeah. Yeah. Was he shocked? Was he like happy? So when, so I said to him, I need to have an early scan again. I'd got a bit addicted by this point to yeah. knowing that things were right and this this anxiety about things being right. And um, and I on the way there, I said to him, I'm just worried that things won't be right and we'll have spoilt it for the others. You know, like I'm going to be ill or something's not going to be right or there'll be a problem and I'll have ruined it for the four others. Probably because you had you were lucky enough to have four well healthy children. Exactly and that. It's like you know you talk, something's yeah, got to go wrong. something's got to go here and then um and then Matt said to me he said do you know what I'm worried about and I was like what are you worried about I'm worried it's another set of twins and And he said well because I've been reading online that once you've had one set you're more predisposed to another I was like you didn't tell me that Uh, (laughs) and yes it was it was a second set of twins oh my goodness oh wow were you like really shocked excited scared this time matt was very matter of fact okay right fine right we just you know this is it we've got to manage it what have you and i sat there afterwards uh in a bar a bar next door that was open going i don't know what i'm going to do how am i going to do this because the girls were really little so the the, there's there's 22 months between them oh my god yeah so they're really so they were still the first twins were still babies really when i fell pregnant and what an idiot i mean i just i just look back and just think i don't know what mad we became Uh, the pillow talk for so many people in our area going make sure you have the snip because this is what happens oh (laughs) my goodness (sighs) that's amazing so um, the the pregnancy again was all fine were they the yes, same type of twins yeah. again? Like two yeah. eggs? Two eggs, non-identical. Um, 
pregnancy actually physically was better because this time round, I was like, I cannot. There is no way that I can be disabled and be on crutches. I've got because I've got the other twins. So I had I did Pilates mm. and had physio all the way through the pregnancy, right from as soon as we found out. And um, I always say to my Pilates teacher, Elise, I always say to her, you know, Claire, you kept me up straight because I genuinely think if I hadn't done it and ha- hadn't keep kept working on my function as my muscles in my body, then I wouldn't have been able to do it again. So, oh, um, goodness. Yes. So, wow. That is it. Did you find out what they were then? The, the yeah, last time? Yeah, again. So we did again. And then, bless, we had to then break the news to Alfie again. Oh. He was getting another two sisters. So now his, now his head count is five sisters. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, which meant, actually, from a baby stuff point of view, yeah. we were pretty sad. Because we had everything. The only thing we'd done is, because we weren't planning to have any more, is that up until a year, I'd given everything away. So we didn't have any newborn twinny stuff anymore. But all the stuff then, I was just like, we're just going to keep it and recycle it. So the girls yeah. just one wears it and then the next one down wears it so uh, that's amazing yeah. so what on earth do you do with prams like you know like because they were quite young so like is there a four-way pram there is there is there's a company called adventure buggy that make for quad prams triplet and quad prams they make them in australia and generally they get uh, multiple mum customers but they also get a lot of childminders as their customers ah yes but um, you know pushing around lots of toddlers etc so you have two on the bottom facing forward and then two on the top facing towards you and we read on the website it was expensive but we were just like we've got to do this we've got to invest in this because we've i have got to be able to leave the house on my own that, that's yeah. just um, so we decided we'd invest in it and we thought we've got everything else that's the only thing we're gonna have to spend any money on so we decided, and then I sort of missed the bit on the website that said that you needed to be five foot six to be able to see over the top of it. And I'm only five foot two. Oh my goodness. Oh. So basically, I spent the whole time with it, pushing it with my head hanging out to one side so that I could see people coming towards me. Oh. And people would laugh because they'd be like, oh my God, we could just see this pram coming towards us, but nobody pushing it. it just like- <laughs> Just not like a self-propelling vehicle coming towards them, and it With was easy. Babies on. Yeah. <laughs> and it weighed a ton. Yeah. But so, it was great. We wouldn't oh, have survived without it. No, I was going to say, I, I don't know how you'd actually get out of the house without it. So, so. Um, I'm guessing then with your you pushing this pram and everything, you're going to kind of get a lot of attention, aren't you? Uh, so, massive. Yeah. What are the kind of comments that, that you find you get mostly? Well, you get them with just your first set of twins, but it gets maxed up when you've got four um, it, or two sets of twins. That you get, so you get the typical stuff, which is all double trouble, uh, you know, twice the work. Um, and then you get some people that are just lovely that are like, oh, aren't you blessed? Aren't you blessed? I've always wanted twins. Yeah. It, uh, it's really unusual for anyone to walk past us without making a comment. People... I feel they can make a comment and some twin mums I know find that really hard because they're just like why are you allowed to comment on my babies you know it's not um, and sometimes you'd see a a mum with a singleton and you'd sort of envy the fact that they could just go through a crowd and people might look at a new baby and go oh cute but but not actually feel that they need to make any comment yeah and I constantly get and I mean it's funny because you can get t-shirts that say no they weren't planned no they're not identical yes it's one of me you know yes I know the father you know you can have all these things printed <laughs> and um, and it, it's uh but the comments are the, the comments are generally positive but you do occasionally get people going oh god like no wow like I just couldn't do that that is oh. just and then sometimes you think actually you're talking in here, you know, my, my kids are sat there listening to you saying that you couldn't do that and how awful, you know, and oh. so I, yeah, I, I will always, yeah, if somebody says something that I think is a bit negative, I'll always go, if I'm in the right mood, I'll go, no, we're all right with this. This is good. This is okay. Yeah. You know, and we I, might get some more as well. Might have, might do it tonight and end up with another set. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> and then I'll get a train. But, oh, you know, I, goodness. I was out with four of them yesterday. So obviously they're all toddling now. They're all, yeah. they're all. Oh, so they're but it's amazing. Crazy. I'd yeah. love that. I, I, well, I mean, I, I'd be a bit stressed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. But it's, um, 
it just is sort of like when you get when you're out and about and you um yeah now i i do dress them that each set of twins the same and which looks quite quaint some twin mums hate that i love it one of the reasons i love it is because i can see them because i just know they because they're not actually they all look like they're from the same mold but they are all quite different looking um so yeah it, it, because i dress them the same people will go oh, have you got so i think probably if i didn't dress them the same people might assume that i was a childminder yeah um, yeah. But, yeah people do look at me and go oh, are they all yours are they all yours I'm like yeah and then i have to say just because i feel out of like i don't do the others a disservice i'll say yeah and there's two more and they're at school <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. I've just not got them with me today, but through lockdown and when we were doing like the daily exercise and stuff, I would go out for a walk with all six and you'd sort of see people looking and going, wow. Well, I think it's absolutely amazing. I love it. Absolutely love it. And how do you manage juggling your business then and being a mum of six then? Um, so we are, we have a, a, a sort of, the routine is ridiculous in the sense that it's, it's got to be almost regimented. Mm. I frighten myself with how organized we have to be. Mm. And we have, so the two older two are in school and then the middle two are at a preschool and then the youngest two have a childminder. And when everybody's in childcare or of some sort, I work and those hours are between nine and three each day. And then some afternoons I have the littlest ones at home with me so I do some sort of work every day Monday to Friday and in fact I also do a lot of work in the evenings so if somebody looked at our lifestyle they'd probably say wow like you're a bit maxed out and I know I am and I always feel work-wise that I'm a bit on the edge you know I'm always I'm always a little bit close to tears um if somebody happens to say how are you doing um i'm always very quick to lose my temper particularly with matt um i get stressed about stuff um and so i don't think we've got it perfect i think we've got room for improvement I've who has who has yeah. kate do you know what i've only got george and i haven't got it perfect you know we still have <laughs> ravioli at night for tea you know it's like <laughs> you know <laughs> no one's perfect you know no. so i think that's the thing sometimes we all like you know we only see what people want to show us don't we and it's always yeah. always kind of comparing ourselves but i just think you know i think you're doing an amazing job you've got a fantastic oh, you. you you know a huge business you know that's doing really well and you know first aid obviously a very important subject as well helping families and then you've got your children at home as well which is just beautiful i yeah. love it I, I think it's you you have to go you know the overall you know whatever comments you get by a passerby or what have you people are really kind to us like genuinely i run an instagram um about the family just because i think p people are interested in how they we do are. it and what have you and i always do my absolute best to write very honestly on there because i don't want people to look at us and go oh my God, she's amazing. She does all this because actually there's a lot of the day that I am shouting at the kids or we're having jacket potato with cheese and beans for the third night in a row. Mm, yeah. And, you know, and actually, you know, I'm just going, will you just go to bed? You know, yeah. I'm mummy shouting at me, you know, all that. That's the reality of us. And, um, and I'm very aware of that, particularly with social media as well, is that there's a lot of perfect doing the perfect sign, you know, the perfect families, out there that if you're a parent who's struggling whether you've got one baby or 26 babies mm. that you could look at others and go god they seem to be doing it like mm. really really super well and actually the reality is we're all just clinging on by our fingernails oh, absolutely. doing it aren't we definitely you know? we are and and it's it is just that finding that you know being real like that because i love your instagram as well and it is just a case of you know, showing that it is hard. It's hard, whatever you do. God, it's hard just being married to a husband, isn't it? Sometimes they're like a baby in themselves. Yeah, and that in itself is, you know, that's the one thing, you know, I keep saying to Matt, don't ever leave me. And he's like, well, who's going to take me on with six steps? <laughs> like, you know, there's no way. But I'm like, genuinely, because that is one of the things, actually, that we have to be really conscious of because taking, your relationship goes to the bottom of the pile. Yeah. And we do, I mean, obviously we've had lockdown and we're all in this bit unknown time, but we were trying to make sure that we got a babysitter, got the kids in bed so that we could get a babysitter who was prepared to sit in with six and go out and actually talk to each other mm -hmm. and make the rule that we don't talk about work. And, That's um, hard, you know, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
and have a few drinks and just make sure. Oh yeah, and not a gin and tonic again. No, that's it. Well, we've he's uh, he's uh, he's had the snip now, so we're all right. Oh, do you know? Oh, wow! Has he? Has he done that? Oh, he did. And I took the youngest set of twins with me to the appointment. I dropped him off just to make sure. Wait outside. <laughs> the lady just nodded and smiled at me as he went in. I was like, "Go on, in you go." I've oh. I've birthed six babies. Your turn now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow! But that is some story, Kate. Like I love oh. that. How beautiful. So so. When they're all at school, I suppose, although it will, but you'll probably have to get up at like three or four in the morning. But, yeah. you know, it might be a bit easier then as well when they're all at the I same think, school. Yeah, we, I think we've got, so we'll have one year where Alfie will be in year six and the, young, the middle twins will start. So we'll have four at the same school. And then the following year, the next set of twins will start because they're only a school year apart. Um, and we will then, Alfie will have gone to high school, but we will have... Um, we will have all of our um, twi- everybody at school, and I think I don't want to wish the time away no. because you know that everybody who has a little one looks back and, or, and goes, "Oh, they've grown up so quickly!" And the fact that Alfie is going to be ten next birthday, <gasps> wow. and I'm going, "Where's where's my baby gone? He's going into double figures. We're going to be looking at high schools." Um, so I don't want to wish it away, but there is a secret part of me. Well, I've just told everyone now, haven't I? That actually, yeah. when they're all in school, I'm going to be doing some merry dance out of the playground, going, "Yes, yeah, that's it." That's it. Um, but my first, my first big, big milestone will be everyone out of nappies. That's the first thing, and I'm we're on the cusp of potty training the youngest twins at the moment, and then to just have no more nappies after nearly oh, ten yeah. years of nappies. Oh yeah, God, that's amazing. a lot of nappies to deal with, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that's amazing. I I absolutely loved it. Is there any advice you'd give to anyone that's found out that they're having twins and you know, anything that you think they should do that will help or do you know what I would always say to a mum that's having twins is whether that's on Instagram or social media or whether it's in person or at an antenatal group, find another pregnant mum that is or one that's had babies before you twins before you that is like you so that in so that you actually really value how they do things and then can copy them because i think if you try and copy or set yourself up to be like someone you're not it's going to go madly wrong Mm. and so you almost need to be in touch with as much of what sort of parent you are and the sort of friends that you have and then if you find a friend that's got twin there's some amazing twin groups out there and um, and there's some really good hacks. I mean, I write on my Noah's Art family Instagram that, about various hacks that you can do. Because people go things like, there was somebody putting on a, a twin group that I was on the other day. How do you get them both out of the car when they're both toddling? Like, what, what yeah. do you do? Because you can't put one down because they'll run away. How do you carry them? And all those sorts of things. And some things you just have to f- work it out. And other things, you see another twin mum and you go, yep that's it I'll put one in a backpack on my back so I know they're safe and then I can grab the other one and we have reins and all that sort of stuff um yeah and um you start to you start to so I I I copy shamelessly copy other twin mums and go yep you're good at that or I think you're good at that yeah I'm gonna use that that looks good for me yeah, I bet you end up like making your own. So you'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll have you for that. You can, yeah, I like what you're doing with oh, the totally. tea time. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> me, I love it. Absolutely love it. Because when I was pregnant with twins, I think it was Andrea from the Lancashire area, the mini first yeah. day fran- franchisee. She she said, you must speak to Kate because Kate has it down to a T. She was like, yeah. she's, you know, you've got it. Yeah. You've, you've mastered it. You've mastered it. I mean, imagine you have to after two sets of twins. But... You do, and I think the other thing for our franchisees is, is that our family are very much part of the business in the sense that when we hold our annual training weekend, we've always had a set of twins with us. So I've led seminars with a twin backpack on, you know, with one on the front and one on the back, or I've been holding hands with two while we go round an, an expo looking at first aid mannequins. So they've always been very much part of the business because we the business is about children and i think that's the important message to give but also our franchisees have all got kids so we want to make it okay for their kids to be involved as well but yeah it's so all our franchisees are like oh my goodness katie's yeah. running this whilst wearing some children yeah <laughs> nice top yeah, yeah. 
That's brilliant. No, I love that because I think that is, I think, um, especially as women and women in business as well, I think there is very much a place that women in business can fit in and be a mum and be a business owner and they can do everything, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's amazing um, what you're doing with the mini first aid and your children and just everything. I don't know how, how you... Um, how you haven't had a breakdown, mine, but <laughs> no, I, uh, it's funny. It's sort of I do sometimes wonder whether it's delayed and whether I'll get it once they've all left home. <laughs> no, you know I'll, I'll, I'll fall to bits. But um, yeah, it's, it's very. It's 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 always a challenge. It's always a challenge, and some days are brilliant days, and then other days will go completely wrong, and I'll be like, "But we did the same as yesterday. Why has it gone wrong today?" Oh. Um, but I think that's it, just life, isn't it? It yeah. is. It's with having children. You just don't know what mood they're going to be in. I mean, this morning, yeah. I made George chocolate porridge. Yesterday, he was like cry, crying. Like No, yesterday, sorry, he was cuddling me and happy, jumping through the air. I made it this morning, nearly threw it in my face. You know, like you just don't know what, what child you're going to get from each day to the next, yeah, really. No, we do. Um, we do. We lie in bed in the morning and we can listen to them all starting to wake up and then Alfie goes round and opens bedroom doors so they can all get out. And, uh, <laughs> and we start to hear how he's greeted. So whether he's greeted by them screaming at him or going, hi, Alfie. And you just sort of go, right, we just know how it's going to play from there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's and it's every day. I just, I think we've just been out. Matt and I just don't have a quick sandwich uh, in a cafe near to the office uh, before I did this call today. And... Um, uh, and the lady walked past and her toddler was absolutely losing it. And I was just like, I'm with you. I'm totally yeah. with you. Because everybody has it. And if they tell you that their toddler doesn't, then they're fibbing. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I know. It's like when it's behind closed doors, it's a bit easier, isn't it? It's like when it's in front of people. Like I, we were at Legoland the other week and George just decided it was kicking off. And I thought, I'm not leaving this queue. Like I know it's probably should be something, I've, you know, you do, you leave or take them away. But when you've paid £100 to be somewhere, you can, you know, slap me all he wants. I'm not leaving. You know, it's hard. <laughs> yeah we've all got we've all got those moments where and I keep you know my mum always says to me you know you go back and you look and you just smile at it all because it's you know and they do make us laugh and we are very proud of them and we do we had a few moments where we went down to Cornwall for a few weeks in the summer because my mum and dad have got their a, a little holiday house down there and we were sat on the beach just looking at them all happily playing in the Aww. sand and I was not there all hours and look at them all aren't they lovely and then that that lasts for about five minutes but that's you know that we get enough of those moments where we love them and fit not love them we love them all the time but but where we feel so proud of them and just that we that sort of helps paper over the bits where frankly I could give them to someone else yeah yeah the thing is though without those bits where you could give them to someone else you don't realize how precious the times are that you are looking at them and they're playing together and stuff because if it was like that all the time it wouldn't be a special moment would it so yeah exactly that exactly that and um yeah it's uh it's it life is real and it's uh it's and it changes every day and uh, yeah, I'm just wondering what they'd be like today when I pick them up. I know, so, yeah, that's it. Good vibes. Mummy's been at work, and uh, they'll be nice to me when I pick them up. How do you Who sort? Knows? How do you sort your evening meals then, um, Kate? In the so evening. We, so we we feed. So Matt tends to work late, so I uh, just to to keep up with the volume of stuff for mini first aid. So I finish work or finish doing stuff by three o'clock, so I can have all the children, and then I'll do tea. Um, I do feel a little bit like a school dinner lady because I sort of ladle it out onto six plates. And then the four littlies have to eat quite early because they're always starving. The bigger two last a bit longer now, so I tend to keep their tea warm for them. But they all get the same. We don't. There's no choice. Everybody has the same meal. Um, they all have the same meal. And we get them to the table together, mostly. Um, and we have a bit of getting up and down because they can all get in and out of chairs now, which is a little bit frustrating. Mm. Uh, if I'm brutally honest, tea time is not my favourite time of day in the no. slightest. I do. I, I, it's a means to an end. They've got to eat to be mobile and healthy, and therefore I have to do it. But mm. if I could miss any part of the day, yeah, um, it would be that. But some meal times are great, and we have a right laugh and we have a good giggle. But there's a lot of food throwing, things on the floor, yeah. people shouting. 
yeah. the doorbell goes and then everybody wants to go and see who it is. And oh, going, yeah. <laughs> the table we haven't finished. And there's a lot of cajoling of finish your tea and then you can have some pudding and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but one thing, Matt and I eat with the children at the weekends. So, and I, do, I don't eat with them during the week because I need to be the person with the spoon waving it in faces or yeah. <laughs> off the floor. And I just find it too stressful. I don't enjoy food. So actually Matt and I still in the week, we eat later on. And that in a way it's like our treat that the kids have all gone to bed. So we wait till all six are in bed and then we eat. Um, do you cook then, that as well Kate then your meal no no Matt's so basically I am what's I'm like the kids tea stroke microwave operative yeah Matt is a, Matt's a proper cook he actually enjoys cooking so when he gets in he does our dinner oh, and um yeah yeah and then if I'm lucky there's leftovers from it for me to reheat for the kids the next day if not but I yeah my my food is standard shall we say at the very best yeah no I am with you there yeah so Kate thank you so much for coming on because it's really given us a good insight because obviously with with me being pregnant with twins I started to think about these things but obviously we didn't get that far so all of the things that you've talked about I was like wow I wouldn't even think about how to get out a car or you know everything that's amazing so hopefully this episode will really help some twin mums but also other mums understand what it's like being a twin mum absolutely and I think it's also just really important to say that when people say to me, oh, Kate, I can't moan to you because I've only got one or I've only got two or what have you, and you've got six, you're all in in a storm and you're all in different sized boats. That's the thing. And I think you have this, um, and that was something that one of my friends told me actually at the beginning of COVID was that that's, that's how you've got to see it. Everybody's got challenges, but everybody's challenges are different. You can't compare. And actually... The hardest baby for me to deal with was Alfie because he was the one that I was learning everything. Everything was new. I was guessing. I was trying to interpret his signals. And actually, you do grow in experience. So actually, the easiest ones have been the little, the, the twin, the youngest twins. So um, I would never say to people, "Oh, don't you know? Don't, don't please don't compare yourself to me." And don't think that you know you can't moan about your kids just because you don't have as many as me actually moan away sometimes it's quite nice for me to hear that other people are having challenges and it's not just me no exactly that's what that's what I'm all about as well love that so thank you so much Kate what we'll do is we'll put your links um, to mini first aid and also your Instagram account on the the links to the show notes so if anyone of you want to message Kate or any sorry just give you another job there Kate (laughs) Uh, no I I do get lots of messages the page called Noah's Art Family and I do get um lots of messages through saying can I just ask or I saw this in a picture you know what did you do about car seats you know I just think whether it's a twin mum thing or just a general mum thing but people like to help each other and so if somebody's got a question and I and they think that I might be able to answer it then yeah just forgive me if it takes me a little while yeah of course yeah yeah more than happy amazing so thank you again so much Kate and I'll uh, I'll speak to you soon all right lovely thank Thank you you. thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of 50 shades of motherhood my aim is to support free chat around motherhoods uncensored unhinged and unapologetic mum chats if you like this podcast please don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends about it the more listeners we get the more subscribers we get the more chance we've got of getting series three done so i look forward to speaking to you next time and keep your eyes peeled on our social pages to find out who our next guest is i'm sure you will love it We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you, the ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59?
At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today.